When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, hey, 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 what is up? My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Alongside me today are very good friends of mine. We are not the triumphant trio. That's Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and myself. We are kind of the three stooges of Steelers, and we don't mind saying that. Maybe not Shannon, but Tony and I are definitely, we, we definitely relate to that. So, gentlemen, how are you? What is going on, Shannon White? Good evening, my friend. Hey, good to see you. Glad to be here. Tony, what is going on? AFC Championship game. Are you hungover from those games? Yeah, I thought they were uh, good games. I whew, went right down to the wire. I mean, they really, NFL really made up from the, after that uh, or for that uh, wild card weekend, didn't it? These last two weeks of games, they were great. Absolutely. John is the first one in, and it is Monday, so it is the hangover. And, you know, it doesn't matter if the Steelers aren't in the AFC Championship game. We've got plenty of AFC Championships to talk about. And here's, and we're going to do that. We're going to talk about Steelers in the AFC Championship game. But we would be remiss if we did not talk about the 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 playoffs here in 2022 for the 2021 season and what a great I, I don't think there was really a bad game in the mix oh yeah there was it was called the Steelers and Chiefs but um so yeah the first weekend wasn't amazing second and third weekends were great we hope that carries over to the Super Bowl so first thing first we know the combatants it's the Los Angeles Rams who have never won a Super Bowl. Now, the St. Louis Rams have won a Super Bowl, but the LA Rams have not. They are 0-2. The uh, St. Louis Rams are 1-1. One one. So this is an opportunity for the Rams to win their first Super Bowl. And Tony Defio, you came up with a claim, and a lot of people went after you on this, and that it's okay to root for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I know Shannon was completely against you on this. I was mostly <laughs> against you on this. And I want to talk about that because I respect that opinion. And I want to know how you feel now that the AFC ch championship game is over and how you reacted the whole time watching this game. I just thought the Chiefs were going to, I mean, the way they started out, I thought they were going to just kill them. And they were, were killing them 21-3. And then, I don't know, the the – Bengals scored right before the half, and that's sort of – and then the uh, Chiefs failed to – I think they made a huge mistake at the end of the uh, first half on that uh, fourth and goal at the five. They should have kicked the field goal, and I think that shifted the momentum and whatever adjustments uh, the Bengals on, made on defense. I mean, I mean, Mahomes, looked, like somebody said, it looked like his brother replaced him in halftime, oh, <laughs> Jackson Mahomes. I mean, that, was guy, so... that guy is a first-class crap bag, by the way, Jackson <laughs> yeah. Mahomes. Right. It, it, and, and the girl's not that much better, the uh, the fiancé. And I don't like to say that about women, but my goodness, she's 
rough to watch on uh on instagram and social media so i i, I just gotta tell you i agree with you on that and i'm gonna get back to that so go ahead tony no i, I just think it was it was it was it showed a lot of character the way to Bengals, a team that's never been anywhere i mean as far as this particular uh addition you know they're all young and young quarterback young coach young everything and 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 for them to hang in there the way they did against the, the this juggernaut the chiefs and and you know i just thought the chiefs were going to win it up until the very end and for them to, to hang in there and, and lose the coin toss in overtime and for the defense to stand up and 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 make a stop and who was the guy was it eli apple or whoever had that interception i mean that was huge and uh yeah so um it was uh i just thought it was you know if you can like i said last week if you can remove yourself from the whole afc north thing it's a, it's a great story uh this team you know had done nothing for 30 years the laughing stock of the league no playoff wins and all of a sudden you draft joe burrow and within two years you're in a Super Bowl. It's just, it's 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 the way the NFL would would script it if things were scripted. I think <laughs> there is apps. You're you're correct. There's absolutely no, there is no way that I'm going to dispute with you the fact that it's a great story because it is a great story. I love this story. Um, it is, it's the little brother rising up, and you know who was it that was it Tony Romo that said underdogs no more like 17 times. Mm -hmm. You know, he kept shouting that and, and it's like, yeah, the Bengals are going to win. And there's still time left on the clock and the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, stop that. Don't you remember 13 seconds? <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, when, when the, uh, what was it Mixon? I guess it was Mixon that, uh, it looked like maybe he, he might've, uh, pulled a Plexico Burris there at the end. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to, they're going to uh, review this and they're going to say that he wasn't down. That would be the most Bengals thing ever. So I was, when, when Tony Roman was saying that, like, you better just, you're gonna, you're gonna. This, this franchise is so cursed. <laughs> the Bengals, you know. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, Shannon. So, what were your thoughts throughout this game? Well, first off, Tony said the laughing stock of the league, and I just got a message from the Browns, and they said, "Hold my beer," because <laughs> uh, the Bengals have been to two Super Bowls. They might not have won one, but they've been to two. And the Browns would have been happy probably with to been to one. But anyway, uh, no, uh, that first half, it, it just looked like a mismatch. And But just like in that first game, see, I think that first game was so important to yesterday's game because the Bengals had the belief that we could come back and, and catch up and win this game because they'd done it. And I think in the back of the Chiefs' minds, they're like, we got to keep scoring. And they put uh, more pressure on themselves that was actually there. I think that's why Reed went for it. Because when he went for it with nine seconds, you know, um, and he still had the one timeout, they did a quick play. Mahomes stood away and left him, I think, with five seconds. You think there you're just going to go ahead and kick it and not risk, you know, something like what happened happening. Um to me, it showed a little bit of desperation for a team that was winning that big. Uh, you know, the only time the Bengals scored was because uh, P-Line got, got loose, you know, and rumbled there for, what, 35 yards. You know, he broke a couple of tackles. But up to that point, Chiefs had dominated. So, but you watch that game and you're just like, Burroughs is the real deal. And I can never root for the Bengals. I never will. So I'll never be able to like him. It's kind of like admitting that Tom Brady was a great quarterback. I could never 
I can't like him because he was the Patriots. But the guy, you know, you watch him, he's walking in. They showed him going through the tunnel at halftime. And he was just had his hands in his pocket, just cool as a cucumber. Didn't, and he wasn't trying to rally the troops or anything because that's not what he does. But he is super cool. They call him Joe Cool for a reason. And um, so the, the the way they kept going through my head is that game was getting closer and closer and the Bengals got the, the lead is he's going to be a pain in the Steelers' butt for a long time, I'm afraid. Yeah, he definitely will be. So let me tell you what I experienced through this. And I'm going to bring up two parts of uh, pop culture, and they both they have a common theme. They both deal with Rocky, and they both deal with Hulk Hogan. Let me explain that. As, as you know, <laughs> in Rocky Three, Hulk Hogan played Thunderlips, and and he fought rocky but the moment i'm talking about is in rocky four when all of a sudden towards the end of that fight against Ivan drago the crowd is going draw go draw go draw go so that's <clears throat> was my first feeling not that i was doing that i was not chanting for the Bengals, but <laughs> i was noticing my feelings changing a little bit here the other thing that i noticed was def here we bring back hulk hogan again and it's going to be Toronto, Canada, in the Sky Dome or whatever it was called back then. And it was The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, against the evil Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And then in the middle of that whole thing, the fans in Canada were cheering for Hogan. They weren't supposed to. And so the WWE decided at that very moment that they were going to swap things around. And they were going to... Uh, the, Hogan was still going to lose that match, but they were going to have him do a face turn right there with the rock and have his buddies come out and attack him because the crowd did what they weren't supposed to do. And they were, they started cheering for Hogan there. And that became a little bit of a, re, uh, a Renaissance form. He went back to the red and yellow and that that's just nothing we need to talk about now, but I was thinking about those two things. So I'm definitely thinking of Rocky, Rocky, whether it be Dwayne The Rock, whether it be Hogan, whether it be Stallone, I, I don't know. Byron Johnson is actually watching Rocky Three right now. That is some great multitasking. <laughs> the Hangover and Rocky all at the same time. I love it. So the reason I'm saying this, because I went in, I turned the game on a little bit late. And I I looked at it, it's like 14 to 3. or I mean, it was in the next scene, you know, it's 21 to 3. And I'm like, all right, they're just... True colors just shine through here. And then I was thinking, well, they do know how to come back, but I, I'm thinking that it's fine. And I'm rooting for the Chiefs, which I hate the Chiefs because I hate Tyreek Hill. I hate Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I don't hate Patrick Mahomes yet, but his his significant other and his brother, like we talked before, are making start making me do that. I don't like the fans of Kansas City at all. I got... Last year, I got a message from one of our our uh, <laughs> listeners or viewers that talked about his experience at Kansas City. He goes, those fans are actually really awful. They took food from me. They they pushed my girlfriend because she's wearing Steeler stuff and all that stuff. And they said, and nobody does anything about it. So <laughs> I, had I had never heard that kind of stuff. Now, that's not his sister, Jared Devil. That's his fiance, Brittany Matthews, I believe. 
So, um, so yeah, that's not that's not his sis. Um, they're not married yet. And if I, you know what, I hope he watches some stuff and looks at social media and says, you know, is this worth it? <laughs> but <laughs> any, anyways, so I, I just, I was rooting for them because of all the sc- the scars I have from Vontez Perfect, from TJ Husmanzada, from all of those days, and how much I hate them, the Cincinnati Bengals. And then it's kind of occurred to me, like, I really like Joe Burrow. Hmm. I respect Joe Burrow. I love what this guy, I've been saying that, you know, I've been saying that for, for a year and a half now. Yeah. How much I like this guy. I just hate that he's wearing black and orange. And so <clears throat> I'm watching this game unfold. It's getting down to halftime. Here's the Chiefs driving again. They're going to make it 28 to, I believe, 28 to three, maybe at this point. There, or was it 28 to 10? <laughs> okay. It would have been, yeah. So they're, they're, they're looking to just completely put this game away right before the half. And they got cocky and they got stupid and they got greedy. And I got mad. And I, I remember I didn't type it on Twitter. I just said to my family that weren't really paying attention to me. I'm like, they're going to regret this. If this game comes down to a field goal, they are going to regret this move mm-hmm. because that is, that's awful football. And the reason I say, I know you're trying to go for the jugular, but you take those three points. You don't, I know they didn't take them off the board, but that's the equip. That's a free three, free three points. And mm-hmm. every three points counts, especially in the new NFL. When I'm saying the new NFL, I believe the last two or three years is a new NFL. This is something that I don't recognize. So I was really annoyed that they did that, but I'm still rooting for them. Then midway, then I see them starting to come back and I see Kansas city doing things that I just feel is Bush league. And then I'm watching Cincinnati. I'm like, you know what? They deserve this. And I thought about two teams. I thought about the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. And I realized that if this was the Baltimore Ravens, there's no way I'd switch. I have some respect for the Ravens. Now, I have no respect for the uh, Cleveland (laughs) Browns. If it was the Cleveland Browns, there'd be no way. But watching the Bengals and watching how they completely overturn things and the fact that Mike Hilton's on that team, and I really love Mike Hilton, and that's... uh, that's a, a situation seeing him go over there doesn't make him a traitor. The Steelers didn't want him just like Alejandro Villanueva. The Steelers didn't want him. And that when I say they didn't want him, they couldn't afford him, and they did not make offers to him. So they made a business decision and he wasn't a part of the business decision. I understand that. And I, I agree. But so I'm watching them play and then it looks like Kansas city is just going to win this game. It looks like, you know, there's a couple <laughs> minutes left. I'm like, they're going to do it. And when that game was over, when the final score, I realized I'm not mad. Because I think watching human beings on that field, I think the better human beings seemed to be in white yesterday. Wearing white jerseys with black tiger stripes which those white jerseys are a lot better looking than what they were in the past. Just taking the orange out of it kind of made it a little bit better. So 
it's still I'm not rooting for them in the Super Bowl, but I realized I wasn't mad. So watching that game, I thought they put together a great plan and I felt pretty good for them. And I realized that then I'm seeing all these memes like thank you, Joe Burrow, for knocking out Patrick, Patrick's brother, Jackson, and Brittany. And everybody's <laughs> saying these guys are heroes because we don't have to deal with these two. And I mean, if you would see him. Oh my gosh. I mean, last week with the champagne spraying it on the crowd and just screaming. Um, and then Jackson Mahomes, I'm not forgiving him for dancing on Sean Taylor's number in Washington. Just thought that was kind of uh, doing a really bad dance on his number. Um, I kind of thought, I just don't like them. But then I'm watching and like everybody's, America loves the Bengals right now. You know, if you show one of those maps, orange and blue, there's going to be so much. Most of the country is going to have orange on that map because they're a feel-good story and everybody loves them. But then it hit me again after the game. And today, I'm looking at a fan of the Bengals because I, I do not respect the Bengals fans. I might respect the new Bengals right now, but I never I will never. They're some of the dumbest fans in football. They're... <laughs> They're they are some of the most clueless fans in football. I love the ex Aska loser, and then I see some <laughs> idiot dancing around at his party. In uh, he might have been about eighteen. It might have been younger than eighteen. I don't know, but he had a Bengals helmet on and he put his head through the drywall. Oh jeez, with a helmet and he was dancing around like yeah. I'm like I. The dad in me went crazy, especially since oh. I just put up dry, drywall last year. I'm like, all right, here we go. Then I read something just about two hours ago. The Bengals have canceled school on February 14th in anticipation of their first Super Bowl victory. They've already canceled school. Not the Bengals. The, the Cincinnati has. Excuse me. So we are going to... As much as we love them right now, those fans are going to make you hate them again. I'm telling you that. And one of the biggest haters, one of our BTSC um, favorites here, Mark Davison, hates the Bengals. And he's in Australia, so he doesn't have to deal with, with black and orange dancing around a whole lot. But I will just say this, that give it two weeks and you're going to hate them because of their fans. They are going to be annoying again, but let them have this moment because they don't come very often. Tony Shannon thoughts. Well, um I mean uh you might be right about about the hating the Bengals uh sooner rather if they if they're as good as I think they can be. I mean, uh you know, Mark Davis might be ahead of the curve, you know, with the he's a millennial. He has that millennial uh, uh intuition the millennial hate and we're all like gen xers hating the ravens and the browns so yeah the, the bengals might you know a few a few years ago we all loved the chiefs now we hate them so uh if the bengals are that good uh along with their fans we might, we might hate them again I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna hate them again if they keep beating up the steelers every year i don't care how charismatic Joe yeah i mean and <laughs> that's the bottom line of the whole thing that that's it and if we're looking at uh, if we're looking at a plus here, if you're a Steeler fan, you did get something out of it. Not that it really matters because of this. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, excuse me, not Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon 
and Jamar Chase have made it so that uh, we have two more Steeler Pro Bowlers now, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Not that that really matters, but when I'm trying to get through that game next week, though, I just doubled my Steelers from two to four. So I'm I'm kind of happy about that. Shannon, your final thoughts on that AFC Championship game? I'll, I'll forever despise the Bengals. Um, it's already every celebrity talk show host, ESPN personality, Fox person. It doesn't matter who. They're all, all over the bandwagon. They've loved the Bengals since 1970-something. and It's just it's just sickening. Uh, I'm already tired of hearing about them. Um, like I said, uh, I respect the heck out of their talent. Um, can't stand the fans. Um, so I could never root for them in any way, shape, form, fashion. Uh, as much as I don't particularly care for Kelsey either, and heel because of you know some of his off the field stuff, but um, again, I think that the the Chiefs tried to stay aggressive. Reed was realized what had happened last time, and I think that's why he made a bad decision. If it works, it's great. Kind of like the we talked about when the Steelers tried the fake field goal and Boswell got killed this year. It, it, it always is a great call if it works. It's a terrible call when it don't. But um, the Beagles are – the thing that concerns me in the Super Bowl is the Rams have a – they've built their team different. And I know we're going to get into that in a minute, but they've – most superstar teams, you know, that are put together don't work. But the Rams had already had a few superstars like Aaron Donald. They realize his age, and so they start putting a piece here and a piece there, you know, in the offseason, then one during the season. They have did that the last couple of years. They have no draft picks uh, basically until 2024, but they definitely did their um, – they put together a solid team. You know, they, you know, a lot, nobody wanted to touch OBJ, but he goes in there and plays wide receiver two to cup and plays with Stafford. And, and he looks like he did when he was with the Giants before, you know, Peyton Manning went out. So I, I'm a little bit concerned because this team, uh, they really, it's hard to put the Bengals away. And, and they have so much talent. I'm afraid that, uh, you know, even though I think the, the Rams got the better team, it, it definitely is concerning. I want to say this because I'm reading a lot of it and I'm hearing it from both of you. And, and I want to agree and disagree with everybody. I think that uh, they are going to be a very good team. But I don't think they're going to have everybody's number and I don't think this is a dynasty. I don't think that they're in the Super Bowl next year. In fact, I don't even think they win the division next year because that's there. That's a possibility with all those things. Because remember three years ago when the Baltimore Ravens had a rookie named Lamar Jackson and everybody said, well, he's going to be, I mean, we're going to have to deal with him for a long time. And now we want to deal with him because the Steelers match up well with them. And 
there everybody was saying that you know the bank the ravens are going to win five or six straight you know that's how how many they're going to win they're going to win a couple super bowls because of lamar and all of this so all i'm going to say is i caution everybody and i say you know they're not necessarily this is not necessarily going to be a dynasty because dynasties aren't the same anymore the chiefs had a little mini dynasty because they won they looked like they were going to win three straight AFC championships, but they actually won one Super Bowl in that entire time. So, yeah, I, and I agree, Jerry Cherry. You can't compare Burrow and Lamar. All I'm saying is that the way teams build and the way teams turn around, that we we don't need to crown them just yet. So this all leads into the Steelers for me. And we're going to talk about we're going to talk about kind of what Shannon just said, as far as the AFC Championship goes. We're not going to talk about a lot about the NFC Championship, um, but this is going to lead into the Steelers. Why should the Steelers give up? You know, they've lost a, a couple. They've lost a couple games straight to this team, but they can get back and they can start competing with this team again. If they put this back, put this whole thing back together again. So I think it's one of those things. How should the Steelers build this team? Should they build it? And I hate to use the Cincinnati Bengals as a model, but and I've said that for the last month now. But now I'm kind of saying that, you know, use them as a model and do that type of thing because I think that would benefit the Steelers so much more to work on the offensive line draft a couple young guys, bring a couple guys in via free agency versus the Los Angeles Rams who brought everybody in from the outside and they don't have draft picks and they made a deal with the devil and hopefully he's not going to cash in right away. So I'll ask you this question since you brought it up, Shannon. The Los Angeles Rams or the Cincinnati Bengals, who would you want to model the Steelers after going into free agency and going into the draft more? Well, there's no set way to, to build a team, but the Rams, like I said, I feel like they felt like they had to do it the way they did because of Aaron Donald, you know, he they're building around him. He's the foundation of that defense. He's the, the best defensive lineman in the game. He's kind of like the mean Joe Green for that team. And everything play their whole defense plays off him. If they didn't get the quarterback in Stafford, they knew golf wasn't the answer. Um, if they didn't get it, you know, a, that wide receiver two in OBJ, uh, if they didn't get another pass rusher like they did in Miller, Von Miller, you know, you kind of see what they were doing. They were close, but they they had a few holes and they filled them through free agency or trades. Uh, the Steelers have too many holes. They're not close. Um, Hayward's a little older than Donald, and he he he's a great defensive player. But Watt is who everything plays through for the Steelers. And but if the Steelers don't want to waste Watt his prime years, they're going to have to look at doing something quickly, like the Rams did. Or by time, because you have like a four or five year window in the modern free agency and with the cap, you have about a four or five year window to be at your top, uh, especially if you have a young quarterback on a rookie deal. 
Uh, then you look at the the Bengals, and they have that. Uh, so, in, to me, the Steelers need to acquire draft picks uh, and build the team through the draft. You know, fill in certain spots with you know proven free agents, especially cornerback, because I trust them to pick up a free agent cornerback more than I do draft one. And you know, hopefully, in this next three or four years, find your next franchise guy. Uh, there's a couple of guys in the draft I've talked about, uh, Ritter and uh, uh, Carson Strong for, from Nevada. Both of them guys, they're talking about going in the second round. If you could get one of them and have them sit, let Mason Rudolph or bring in an outside guy, like I said, a Mariota, to be the bridge guy, and then let them sit for a year and learn. Uh you know, it's all about timing. You got to get everything, the timing to come together anymore. Uh, because again, with your cap space and, and it just, it's too hard to keep these teams together for much longer than that. So there is no set pattern, but this offseason, I'm, I'm mainly wanting to see them bring in talent everywhere, but especially on the offensive line and in the cornerbacks. Tony, what's your thoughts on that? I agree with Shannon mostly. I, I think you you want to continue to – this team's already, what, second youngest? I think last year was the second youngest in the NFL. I think you want to continue to, to, to build that way. You had four rookies starting on offense. Uh, you know, Trey Norwood went on defense. That uh, contributed a lot as, as, a, as a youngster. I think you want to keep doing that. Uh, you know, as far as um, – you know, the, the, the cap space, yeah, they have a lot of cap space, and that's nice. But you can utilize that to bring in a couple of key uh, players to, to address some key uh, positions like cornerback, like uh, offensive line. Uh, as far as the quarterback is concerned, I mean, if, if, if there's a lot of guys in this in this class, I know a lot of people aren't high on this draft class as far as quarterbacks, and I, and I get it. But if you're at 20 and, and you think you might have it, if you believe in one of the guys that's there, uh, why not pull the trigger this year and, and, and see what happens? I mean, you, you just never know. I mean, we were talking about Sam Darnold a few years ago, like he was the, uh, the, the, the next great thing. And where's he at now? So you just never know with these quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes, there was, there was concerns about his, uh, the air raid offense at, at, at uh, I forget where he played, but <laughs> the air raid offense. Uh, so, and now look at him. So you, you just, you just never know. So if you think you have a chance to, to draft a guy and, 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 you, and you like him at 20, uh, whether it's Sam Howell, Pickett, whoever. I mean, I don't know. There's so many of them. The guy from Ole Miss, just do it uh, and and uh, see what happens. Because you just you just the the, the, the quicker you, you find you get started on on the next guy and, and trying to develop him, uh, the quicker you, you might get to that point. Like Shannon was talking about, where you have a four or five year window to to, to do some damage. Texas Tech, I think, is the college that you were looking for there okay. with Mahomes. Um, so. Here's my thoughts on this, and I'll try to be brief brief because I wasn't brief earlier. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and say this. When you're looking at the uh, what model to follow, Cincinnati or L.A., it's hard to completely follow both of them. And, and the reason, reason why is you're not as bad off as the Bengals were, and you're not as good off as the Rams were. So you're somewhere in between. So if you take a little bit from both, go ahead. That's fine. You know, 
Rams did a lot in free agency. They, I mean, the trades that they made, they gave up a lot of stuff. You don't necessarily want to go that that high and get rid of all of your draft capital. But if you could bring in the right guys, the the Rams are not in bad shape right now because they're in the Super Bowl. Yes, I said earlier it was a deal with the devil that they made. But you just want to be smart with those trades. And it seems like they were smart with the trades that they made. My question for you is what do the Rams need to make this this sacrificing the future for now pay off? Is it two Super Bowl championships? Is it three? Or is one enough? Tony? Uh, I mean, I'd say with all the first-round picks they traded away, um, I'd say two. But, I mean, if, I mean, it's hard enough just to get one. I think, you know, if you get one uh, – Really, that that might be enough as far as shaping so many legacies, Aaron Donald, even Matt Stafford. So I'd say if you get at least one, you were in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, so I think, you know, you're, 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 if, you, if you get one and you, and you remain competitive for a few more years after that, I think that, that'll be a, a good payoff. Shannon. It's so hard to win. It's hard to win a playoff game. You know, it's there's guys that will go their whole career not win a playoff game, much less the Super Bowl. If you could get to one, you got to win because uh, there's no guarantee you'll ever be back. Uh, Rodgers, just look at him. Uh, you know, they've had some of the best teams in the NFC record-wise. He's got one. Uh, and, again, like I said, there's been a lot of greats that have none. So, uh, Stafford, this is an opportunity he could have never dreamed about in Detroit. And it's I'm sure it's like a uh, – it's almost fantasy like to him, you know, he, he probably pinches himself every day <laughs> and uh, you have to kind of, you got to root for the guy. I mean, he's got an opportunity. Aaron Donald has an opportunity. Uh, you know, they got Jalen Ramsey, you know, the way they built that, they built it to win and to win this year. So I think if they win, it was all worth it. Uh, just, just, like, one? just one. I think it all be worth it. Kind of like the, Marlins and Diamondbacks and teams in baseball, they build up a team good enough to win. They win, and then they have to demolish it all. But it, they did win, you know, something that, that Pirates ain't even come close to in forever. Yeah. So yeah. you got to give them credit. If if The main thing is, is people don't comprehend how hard it is to win one. So if mm-hmm. the Rams can win this, uh, it'll all be worth it, in my opinion. If they don't, it's a, a failure. It's an epic <laughs> failure. Yes, yes. Because if they don't get anything out of that, I think they're in the possibility of crippling themselves, and then they're going to have to follow the Bengals' motto, a model, mm-hmm. if uh, with giving all of this, getting rid of all of this talent. And I was looking at something today, and this is a model that the Steelers followed back in the 1960s. They traded away five or six first round draft picks. They traded away. They started in the late 50s doing this. They even traded away the rights to (laughs) to Dick Butkus, basically. Yeah. They traded that draft pick for, for, for nothing. So, I mean, of course, the Rams are a lot smarter than what the Steelers were back then. And it's a completely, I mean, you just don't do stuff like that anymore. But yeah, the Rams are definitely, 
they definitely have to win for this to pay off. So a lot of people are agreeing one Super Bowl is enough. Um, I want to bring up Tate Boys, one of our, uh, he fills in and uh, we're hoping to hear a whole lot more from Tate Boys. Um, I just want to bring this up because we're talking, we were talking about building and, and there's a lot of talk about the quarterback position and we're not going to go way into the QB position, but do we honestly think anyone in this year's draft is better than Haskins? I don't think so, says Tate Boys. Only quarterback I give draft capital up for is Watson, being Deshaun Watson. Free agent quarterbacks I look at is Trubisky or Mariota. <laughs> I, I'm kind of uh, not looking at giving up draft capital for Deshaun, but I do agree on Trubisky and Mariota. Because my formula is, and a lot of people are seeing this too, take care of the offensive line. A lot of people want to bring Munchak back. Uh, um, you know, I'm not even going to comment on that right now because Munchak with last year's line would have done nothing. So they would have to bring in the talent with them and that could be okay. Yeah. So, but you start with bringing in offensive line through free agency, through the draft, be smart with it and worry about the quarterback if you don't later. If you don't think that you've got first round talent and you've got the savior, don't do Artie Burns. Don't pick a guy just because he has a CB in front of him. Don't pick a guy that has a QB in front of him. They had their heart set on William Jackson, the third and the Bengals took him. The next thing, you know, the Steelers are on the clock and they're like, ah, well, we'll get Artie, you know, and they, they could have done something else. And, or they could have just uh, – they could have looked at a guy that went 38, Xavier Howard, you know, who everybody would love to go now. Uh, but they took the guy next in line on the list is what they did. And I thought that was one of the very few misses for Kevin Colbert and company and Colbert and Tomlin and company when it comes to drafting. So I, I just want to say that I love the idea of Mariota because – and now – Somebody mentioned Trubisky, and I already saw somebody say hard pass, and you'll probably say, say the same thing about Mariota. Here's the thing. You're not going to get sexy right away. Ben Roethlisberger's not going to walk through that door in this draft, or he's not going to just walk in that door. You're not going to bring a great quarterback in like an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson unless you give a whole lot of draft capital up, and that's really tough. So what I'm saying is get a guy that could hold the fort down, fix everything else, and then get, get the right quarterback. And you could do that. You could work on that. You could get the guy and have a guy like Mariota that would be great in the system that is Matt Canada, and he's cheap. He, he was $3.5 million last year. So any name that we bring in, it's going to be all like – it's going to be – exactly like the Dwayne Haskins uh, conversation we had a year ago. And that conversation was, oh, this guy stinks. Why are we bringing him in? Well, mm -hmm. you have to bring bodies in. You've got you've to do some experiments. Some of these guys are going to work. And remember, nobody was loving Ryan Tannehill, but they sure loved him a whole lot more when the uh, Dolphins let him go, uh, let him walk, and he walked into Tennessee and really helped that franchise out. Did they win with them? Not yet. Will they? Maybe not. Um, 
let's uh, bring up Tyler W here. Reminder, Munchak's line had two first rounders on it. Thank you for for the $2 there. Um, yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, and so, the second. Yeah, they had a second on there. And then they got a gift in an undrafted free agent. So, you know, definitely the, those are some things to think about there. So, gentlemen, we're I said we were going to talk very little about the uh about the NFC championship game. I just want to bring up the fact I was rooting for the Rams the whole way. Really liked that San Francisco team. And when you're watching that San Francisco team play, and I, I saw it pop up on Twitter and a lot of comments that this is the way that Mike Tomlin wanted the Steelers to play. And it seemed like that system is a lot of what Matt Canada is trying to run. Jeffrey Benedict had a great article about, uh, about should the Bills, have the Bills fired Matt Canada yet? <laughs> Last week, b- comparing the Bills game plan um, that was actually pretty good and put up a lot of points in that Kansas City game. Um, so a lot of people are, are upset. I even saw one person say, I'm done with the Steelers because they're bringing up, bringing back Canada for another year. <laughs> but so, but all I'm saying is, uh, is if you, maybe if you put the right guys around them, you could see what could happen. And so that's, that's pretty exciting to me, but there's, there's a chance and he needs four to six weeks to heal that thumb but he's not playing. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. You might see a guy like that walk through the door. I don't know if he fits the Canada system, but he's still, I saw him move around pretty good yesterday. I love, I love that system that they're running in San Francisco. I, uh, I really had a lot of respect for that team yesterday. The, uh, I didn't like the headbutt from Fred Warner. I will say that right now. Um, but I, I respected the way that team played in that game and they gave they gave the rams a rough time and the rams i thought were the better team going in but for most of that game san francisco looked like the better team and cooper cup and that defense finally able to rise up at the end but the, the biggest reason and this is just petty of me the reason i was rooting against the 49ers and it's not for shannon's reason because i know shannon's reason is something that I don't completely agree with, but a lot of Steeler fans do is I don't care if the 49ers get to six because the Steelers are the ones that need to get to seven before anybody else gets to six. So I, that's not the reason I was rooting against them. I was rooting against them mostly because I like the Rams, but I didn't want to see Bengals 49ers three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate repeats. <laughs> so, and it, so, gentlemen, any final quick thoughts on that game? I, I like both teams. I like the 49ers and the Rams. I, 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 like, I like the way they both play football, and I like the 49ers system a lot. And, and, and if that's anything like what Matt Canada can run with a uh, quarterback, you know, like the kind of quarterback that he would need to run it, then I think there's a lot of exciting uh, offense ahead because I think, you know, Claypool and Johnson and Harris and, and Friar Muth, they're, they're good talents. So they, they just – uh, need to find the, you know, if you can get a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback, uh, if it's a, if that's your bridge guy, you know, because I think the 49ers, they have to go with Trey Lance. They drafted him third overall last year. They're not going to let, let him sit for, for very long. So if you can get a guy like that for a year or two, I, I mean, I 
I, I, I can think of worse quarterbacks to bring in here. I'll tell you that. So Shannon, I was going to ask you, uh, the, ask you your thoughts, but I'm going to change it around a little bit. I want to bring up Tate boys who gives us a dollar 99. And I, I really appreciate that. And this is something I was thinking about in my car today. And I want to ask you this, cause I know you're very high on Debo Samuel. And I think the entire, I think he won more than anything yesterday. Um, the the I think the football world fell in love with Debo in that loss yesterday. Would you agree to that? So Tate oh, boys asked. Go ahead. I was going to say that I, I love Debo from when he came out in the draft. He there is nobody else that compares to him. He's Antoine Bolden. If Antoine Bolden had more speed. He he's a running he's a wide receiver a legit wide receiver with great hands, who runs like a running back. They run him out of that backfield. He is he is truly what Bell wanted to be paid like. That's what Debo is. But what I love so much is his effort. He 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 gave his heart. He played his heart out yesterday. He was over sobbing on the sidelines because he gave everything he had. Took that huge hit kept going and but that was a great example of what everybody keeps saying the Steelers could be like the Niners but what was the Niners big weakness it's Jimmy G Garoppolo was their weakness he that's where the Rams had a huge advantage with Stafford and there's you could build a team like the 49ers but the 49ers have a great offensive mind and head coach They've got Fred Warner, who might be, you know, him and uh, Leonard for the Colts. So they're probably the two best middle linebackers in football. They've got a great pass rush. They've got everything, but they don't have the quarterback. That's why they picked up Lance in the first place. Now, will Lance pan out and be that? We don't know yet. He he didn't really have a, a, a fair shot. But Jimmy G is the answer. And, you know, if we're going to have that kind of bridge quarterback, just let Rudolph do it. Because, you know, you could still win five, six games, get a better draft pick next year. Uh, I, I don't want to see them – if they're going to get a bridge guy and still try to win eight, nine, ten games, I would rather see, like we said, a Mariota or a uh, Trubisky. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. But I just think that Debo was special. Debo Samuels is why they got that far because of how good he is and that young running back. Um, and I can't think of his name now. Elijah Mitchell. Yes. Andrew Wilbar last draft cycle was tooting him saying he was the top in the top three running backs in the draft. And, you know, nobody was listening, but he looks really, really good. So Andrew really nailed that. And, but if you looked at that game, the, the weakness, and well, I didn't have any faith in him pulling that game out is because of jimmy g um fantastic i i absolutely love it i i will say this though is i mean and and i love andrew wilbar but he's a he's got about 20 prospects that he loves that's like me asking 17 girls of the prom <laughs> hoping one's gonna answer so, i i love the guy um so but real quick just in 30 seconds. Could Juju play a Debo role in Canada's offense? No. Okay. 
He's he's just a he's a different player, and he doesn't have as much speed and quickness. Uh, that running back balance that that Debo has. You know, I love Juju, but but they're not the same player. All right, absolutely, it's great. So. We're going to be talking about these two teams next week as well. And we are going to be talking about the Steelers. We still need to mix in the Steelers and we had a lot of good Steeler talk today. So as it is the off season and we just had the AFC championship game, what I'd like to do is have you guys talk about, and, and we're going to go pretty rapid fire on this since we only have a few minutes left. What is your best AFC championship moment for the Steelers. It could be the entire game or it could be a moment and your worst. So Tony, I'm going to start with you. Oh, the best was the uh, 95, the Colts. I mean, when, when I, at, at the end there, when, when uh, I, I realized that they were going, when that Hail Mary uh, was uh, deemed incomplete and I slid on my uh, stomach in the kitchen and my uncle told me to grow up. Uh, that was my favorite moment. Uh, the, the least favorite, I mean, I, I'll, I'll deviate because I have so many. But my least favorite was that 01 to the Patriots because uh, I just thought they were going to, I thought they were going to kill them. I, I, who could have saw that Patriots dynasty coming, right? So they were like 13, 14 point favorites. I mean, it was foregone conclusion that they were going to win that game and special teams killed them that day. So that, that was my least favorite. I was in the stands for that, and the only good part of that day was Cheryl Crow singing at halftime. Amen um, to that. So, Shannon White, what are your top moments and your worst moments in the AFC Championship game? Top moment, I would have to say the the win in Denver on that magical run uh, because that's right when you knew – you know, Ben had made a promise to bet us. And, but that's when I really started to believe uh, that it could be something magical there. And the worst was, uh, I guess, I think it was 94, where mm. they lost to the Chargers at home. Alfred Papuna. Yeah. <laughs> and Junior say I'll just, Played the game, one of the best defensive games I ever seen a guy play. He he was so dominant that game that I had to respect it. You know, it was a Jack Lambert type performance. And but when that final pass was knocked down, uh, that was probably as disappointed as I've ever been. Um, it, you know, in recent memory, outside of the Super Bowl loss, of course, in '95. But yeah, that would be my best and worst. All right, so my best is, you know, I talked to these guys beforehand and I said, let's try not to copy off of each other. But my best is the Colts game as well. But I'm not going to elaborate on that. Also, I will tell you that my friends put champagne over my head um, <laughs> because I was one of the one of the few Steelers there. And champagne does burn your eyes, but it burns so good. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to talk about another game that's a whole lot more recent, and it's Troy Polamalu catching that interception uh, and going mm -hmm. all the way. Mm -hmm. And it was just awesome. And there was about five or six guys in my basement, and there was Steeler fans only on that night. And we jumped in a scrum, and it was like we were on the mound. 
<laughs> celebrating <laughs> the fact that the Steelers were going to the Super Bowl. And somebody either caught me with an elbow or a fist. And these all people like me. There's uh, No one's mad at me <laughs> here. And dropped me to the ground. And I felt like Roger Dorn in Major League when he gets punched and then he just gets back up and starts celebrating. That's exactly what happened. I walk upstairs and I'm like, and I'm holding my eye and I went to get ice on it and it's starting to lose some color. And they're like, oh my God, what happened? I'm like, ah, I just got punched in the face. My wife's like, what did you do? I'm like, nothing. I, we were celebrating and I, I caught something and nobody had a clue who hit me. No one, no one knew because we were celebrating. And that was the only time that I got hit in the face where I'm like, this hurts so good. I love it. I mean, I love the feeling. Now, was it your worst... wife? No, she was not. She was actually upstairs. <laughs> so, so, so she did. She was not, but she has plenty of a re reason to probably drop me. So that's that's fine. Um, plenty of reason. Now the worst was one I was in the stands for too, and it was the end of the '97 season. It was 1998. They were supposed to beat the Broncos. Cordell threw interception after interception. I was in the end zone watching those interceptions, <laughs> and and it it was just uh, it it was absolute torture to watch them lose that game. And I, wow, I I got to tell you, they were uh, that was a team that uh, the Steelers could have won that game, should have won that game. And I understand Tony mentioning the Patriots games, and I agree with that. Um, you know, they were favored, but the Steelers were heavily favored in this game, too, to beat the Broncos, and it just didn't happen. And we saw that the uh, the next uh, two weeks later that the Packers were right for the picking, and that would have been really nice. So with that being said, there you go. Those are our best and worst moments. Tony, what are your thoughts on the Denver game? Oh, I was going to say, it goes back to what Shannon said earlier about Jimmy G. I mean, who who was the better quarterback in that game? It was John Elway, and and that was – he proved to be the difference. So, yeah, that, you really need that. When it came, comes to the big games, the, the, that quarterback makes all the difference. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah, we saw it. And then 2001 hey, – I want to elaborate on Tony's 2001 game uh, that actually happened in 2002. Um, they knocked out – Tom Brady in that game. Tom Brady didn't beat them in that game. It was true Bledsoe that beat them. Mm -hmm. And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't realize that. And you're thinking, all right, you knock out, you knock out Brady, you have it. And you just did it. And I'm never going to special forget. teams killed him. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to special gonna, teams. Yeah, I'm never going to forgive <laughs> Troy, uh, not Troy Brown, Troy, um, Troy Edmund, no. Uh, Troy Edwards, Edwards for, mm -hmm. for going out of out of bounds there, and Troy Brown got another chance and took it all the way back. Mm -hmm. So, and that was in my end zone too. And I, <laughs> I, I remember just watching that because I was in the two hundred level, the like two twenty five, and fairly in the middle of the end zone, and watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, that that was a rough drive home. So, but here's the thing, the Steelers and I. I actually thought that that, uh, that there would be more, but the Steelers are eight and eight in the AFC championship games, but they've played more than anybody. Mm -hmm. They've played one more than the Patriots as well. And the Broncos have played a lot. The Broncos are kind of money in the AFC championship game. They've only lost twice. 
which is kind of hard to believe how well they've done in the AFC championship game, but you're really interesting. And the, uh, the other team to talk about the team with the longest drought of not making the AFC championship game. And they've never won one. And it's the Cleveland Browns. So take that to the bank. Mm. There you go. And would you believe there's another team that has the second longest drought in the AFC championship game? And if I'm not mistaken, it's the Miami dolphins have not been in oh. one in a long time since, since 93, I believe. That's amazing. So, and the only team not to make one is the Houston Texans, but they're still, they're still fairly young. Mm-hmm. So gentlemen, it was a great show. Had a lot of fun. We got to talk about uh, the news and the Bengals and, uh, and, and the Rams, but we also got to throw in a lo- whole lot of Steelers in there too. Um, so thanks a lot for hanging out with a hangover. The uh, title tonight was, uh, you know, hangovers of Steelers past. I'm changing the title as soon as I get off here. So that's not going to be the title any longer. We're going to change that title to talk more about what we talked about. And that is going to be the Steelers comparing to what system that they should be trying to employ in the draft, whether it be more of a model of the Bengals, more of the model of the Rams and not just the draft, but off season in general. So, Gentlemen, thank you so much. We really appreciate you hanging in here. Tony, Shannon, we need you to do three things, my friends, and it's pretty simple. Be safe, be true to yourself, and always be behind the steel curtain. And you know, just when you think you've got all of the answers. We can change into questions. All right, we love you, Steeler fans. We love you, Steelers Nation. We love you, BTSC fans. And rest in peace to the great Dr. Johnny Fever, who passed away yesterday. Howard Hessman at age 81. One of the reasons that I have a headset and a microphone because he was actually a DJ in real life, and he was great on that show. So I got to tell you, one of my idols passed away yesterday, RIP to Howard. So with that being said, we love you, Steeler Nation. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great seven days. We will be back hungover once again. Talk to you later.